Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. We're a little envious because you were outside at least for a couple minutes to get over here. It's nice. Is it pretty good? How it's sunny and warm. Yeah. Hey, thank you for making the effort to join us in the studio. We appreciate that. Thank you, John. I wanted to ask you about something that was in the news this week, and it's that Freighter Health is closing units at two different Wisconsin hospitals. I guess my question is this, because we hear about this and we also hear about consolidations and hospital systems buying other hospital systems. In general, the philosophy is that from a financial standpoint, monopolization or less options is generally not better for the consumer. I wanted to ask you when it comes to healthcare, Dr. Raymond, um, I guess we'll start with this. Are these sort of things becoming more prevalent? Um, they are, but let me just take a step back that two freighter closures were um, announced before the um, potential merger with Theta Care. So I don't think they're related, probably more related to the healthcare market. There's been a significant inflation over the last year, 10%, um, not just for supplies, but personnel. There's a shortage of a lot of healthcare workers. So that's driven up the cost of healthcare. What at the same time, that revenues come in in the form of long-term contracts. So you you can't go back and renegotiate yep. your contract. So that it's very difficult for the revenue to go up. Just in terms of consolidations, th- there hasn't been much evidence that there's a lot of cost savings associated with consolidation. But what could be good about consolidation is that you can pool your workforces so that you can create centers of excellence. And you can do population health management if you have enough people within the system. So those would be the theoretical reasons why consolidation could be good, even if it doesn't really lower the cost of health care. But I think, again, the major driver here is the economics of health care have been very challenging for the last year. I'm fascinated and so respect you because of your background and the hats you wear. I mean, you're a medical doctor, but you're also an administrator, a businessman, a CEO of a major organization. So when you put that hat on and consolidations and mergers take place, is there the elimination sometimes of duplicities? Are there things that inherently change when two big organizations become one? In theory, yes. And in practice, that may take a few years. And there's always a startup cost to a merger. Um, so at least in the short term, there actually may be increased cost associated with it. So it's really complicated. Um, to get back to the Theta Freighter yeah. merger, that makes sense because they have geographies that are next to each other, but they don't overlap. And a lot of these big mergers happen across state lines and maybe not with contiguous geography. So it's really hard to leverage that um, in a way that's going to lower costs. Yeah, where this one maybe makes sense geographically, it sure yeah. seems to make sense. Right. And just to be clear, MCW is not a party to that yeah. merger. Yeah, Dr. Raymond, we always have a few questions for you from us and from some of our fans. And Ozempic... Back in the news again now, it's gotten uh, some heat because people, I guess, have been abusing it. It's a di- yeah. it's a, a medicine specifically more for treating diabetes, but then people found out, oh, I can lose weight. So people were dropping weight so that way they can look good on the red carpet. Right. But I read that there's a really interesting potential side effect that has been discovered about Ozempic. Yeah, thanks, Andy. We've talked about Ozempic a lot. Yeah, I- And it has been abused for weight loss purposes. Um, But there's a lot of data from animals that suggest that the receptor that that Ozempic binds to is present in the parts of the brain that are linked to addictions. So there's evidence in animals that if you treat with Ozempic or other semaglutide-type compounds, that you reduce 
the craving for food, for cocaine, for amphetamines, alcohol, and nicotine. Um, not a lot of studies in humans, but there is the potential there that this could be a drug that could be used for addiction. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. I wanted to ask you about something I read, which is that some over the age of 65 are reluctant to get the COVID-19 booster. Research would indicate that those are people that should probably definitely consider getting a COVID-19 booster. What are we talking about here? Yeah, really, really interesting. So people over 65 would be the ones that would benefit the most from from getting a booster. Um, That population has had good uptake of the original series of the vaccine, about 90%. And pretty good uptake for the boosters, about 47%. Um, but they still should get a booster as long as they talk to their doctor first. So some some of the reasons why people aren't getting booster is just COVID fatigue. People are tired of thinking about it, talking about it. The fact that many people have already had COVID, so they may believe that they have some form of natural immunity. And there's truth to that. Just like if you have a, a vaccination, you're going to get some protection. But what I would say is if people have only had the the primary series, that was raised against a virus that hasn't been circulating for almost three years, and the virus has changed a lot. So my strong recommendation is if you're over 65, if you're in a high-risk group, talk to your doctor about getting one of the new bivalent boosters. Along the lines of vaccines, uh, Lyme disease has been a hot topic now that we're getting back outdoors. I'm sure people are going camping on Memorial Day weekend. The whole tick thing freaks me out. But if there's an option to uh, hopefully avoid Lyme disease, I hear there's development possibly for a Lyme disease vaccine. Yeah, uh, thank you, Sandy. There is. Um, But right now your best protection is to wear long sleeve shirt and a hat. Oh, I do. When you're out out in in the woods. But um, (laughs) Lyme disease um, is a... Is a real problem. It is rarely fatal, but it can cause chronic inflammation of the muscles, the joints, the heart, even the brain. Um, and it can be very debilitating for people, and it's caused by a tick bite. And when that tick bites a human being, they transmit a bacteria, um, and that can cause the, these chronic inflammation. And it's called Borrelia burgdorferi. So there was a vaccine for um, for Lyme disease. Back in the early 2000s, it was taken off the market in 2002 because there was concern that it might actually cause arthritis, and we weren't just ha- we weren't having as many cases of Lyme as we do now. Um, so there there are two new vaccines in development. One is raised against a protein on the bacteria. Another one is raised against the saliva um, from the tick. And so uh, none of these are ready to be marketed yet. But there's some promise, and there actually is a pretty good vaccine that you can use for dogs already on the market. Yeah, we just got our dogs vaccinated for for Lyme disease and do every year. I want to ask you about uh, another thing, newly identified drug-resistant ringworm. Uh, Just first newly identified, right? It is. Um, And that doesn't mean it hasn't been around before. So the CDC, as we talked about before, issues periodic reports when there are new pathogens that are circulating. And there are two cases of drug-resistant ringworm in the United States. Now, ringworm is caused by a fungus, not by a worm. Um, And as you know, ringworm can be spread either by close physical contact or by contact with bedding and towels of an infected individual. 
So not anything for us to worry about, but it's important for reference laboratories and physicians just to be aware if there's a chronic fungal infection that doesn't heal with the usual topical treatments that it may require a further investigation and maybe an oral or an IV um, antifungal drug. Gotcha. I guarantee you that somebody out there just learned that ringworm is not a worm, that it's a fungus. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> right. no doubt. Sure. Yep. Dr. Raymond, you got some good news to share today? I, I do, and this is a little self-serving because it's personal, but I met my lovely wife nine years ago today. Oh, that's fantastic. So that was a great day in my life, and today is a day to celebrate. It sure is. Anything special? Um, We're going to probably go to the park with our dog. There you go. You got to have a good night for it. My dogs, and that's how we started talking. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? (laughs) Serious, yeah. Where? Where was the setting? Mitchell Park. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. What a great story. So you have to include the Fuzzy Buddies in the celebration. We do. Yeah, They brought you together. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Yes. What a great night. Have a great night, Dr. Raymond. Thanks, John. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin.